0: Production of the Sound of Young America is supported in part by Ask MetaFilter. Thousands of life's little questions answered online at ask.metafilter.com. Hey guys, it's me Jesse. Usually before the show starts, a bunch of listeners who are already donors exhort you to join them in donating to support maximumfund.org. Well, I've got great news. It's the Max Fund Drive for these two weeks, and so it's time for you to do your part at maximumfund.org/donate. I'll have more about that after this great interview. It's the Sound of Young America. I'm Jesse Thorne. My guest on the program, Bill Hader, has been a cast member of Saturday Night Live for quite a number of years now. He's also managed to worm his way into some of the best comedy films of the past 10 years, including movies like Tropic Thunder and Superbad, among many others. He's now featured in the new film, Paul, which is just about to hit theaters. And, of course, he's in the current season of Saturday Night Live, Bill, welcome back to The Sound of Young America. Thanks for having me, man. Oh, it's great to have you back on the show. Uh, A real pleasure. Um, I guess I didn't realize, or I may have realized it at one point and forgotten it, that despite the fact that you're known for impressions on Saturday Night Live, that you had never really been an impressionist before you were required to come up with a couple of celebrity impressions for your Saturday Night Live audition. That's true. That's true.
1: That is true. I I, I just kind of did impressions of friends or teachers or things like that. And then uh, uh, my manager, Naomi Odenkirk, uh, Bob Odenkirk's wife, um, said, uh, you know, Megan Mullally had re- recommended me to Lauren. And I had this audition and she goes, well, what do you do? And I said, I don't really know what I do. <laughs> and uh, the show that Megan Mullally saw was just a improv show. You know, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't, or, or, you know. Some sketch, but nothing with me doing anything that I do on the show now. And uh, she said, well, you should try to figure out some impressions. And, you know, do you do any voices? Can you just do a voice, like do a different voice from yours? And I did the Vinnie Vedeci voice. And she went, well, hey, that's a start. That sounds crazy. So, yeah, it just kind of came. And, it, you know, my Vincent Price, the, you know, Matt Murray, a writer on the show, said, can you do Vincent Price? And I said I can do Dana Gould's Vincent Price, <laughs> 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 which doesn't sound like Vincent Price, but Dana Gould uh, in his stand-up CD Funhouse, which was one of my favorites, um, he would do. He did a bit about Vincent Price uh, dating and talking to women, and it was really funny. And I fully appropriated that and just t- and told uh, Dana when I saw him, like I'm ripping off your Vincent Price impression i'm so sorry <laughs> and he was like have at it sir enjoy yourself <laughs> you know i was just like uh, i couldn't help but noticing you standing over here why won't you look at me when i speak to you
2: <laughs>
1: they did this to me they did this to my face <laughs> that's dana gold's bit that i thought was the funniest thing on earth
0: let's hear a little bit of you bill hater as uh, vincent price on saturday night live
1: christmas for many, a time of cheer. For others, a cruel reminder that the bitter chill of winter is upon us. The one night of the year when an intruder in blood-red garb is greedy with joy. When ghosts have often visit the... <coughs> hey guys, <coughs> can we cut the smoke, please? <coughs> Just go to the package. Go to the package. Enough.
0: I think it speaks to uh, uh, something that you often play on Saturday Night Live. Which is sort of blurring the line between a big comedy and uh weird creepery,
1: (laughs) yeah, man. I that's my favorite kind of stuff I get, but it's never conscious, you know what I mean? It's never, uh, it's never like, oh, it's not creepy enough. (laughs) I think I just give off a, a creepy vibe, maybe. I don't know, but uh. Yeah, I don't know. It always comes from you know, uh, you know, the writer you're working with, whether it's Simon Rich or John Mulaney or you know whoever, and and uh, something kind of comes out of that.
0: Do you remember on stage uh, realizing that you had that ability, that you had that kind of that you were capable of generating that kind of uh, Jim Carrey in the Cable Guy? Just by sort of raising and dropping your eyebrows. Yeah, no, I didn't realize that until,
1: um, uh, yeah, until later, you know, or whatever. You know, I think it's just my, my face. <laughs> but I know I, it's, it's always funny, yeah, when people will say like, that was great. It was so creepy. And I was <laughs> like, oh, it was.
0: <laughs> it's like, they're like, you're a real creep. I think the, um, the character that you play regularly on Saturday Night Live that most leverages that ability that you have uh, might be Keith Morrison, who's the host of Dateline. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, l- let's hear a little bit of uh, my guest Bill Hader as Keith Morrison uh, on Saturday Night Live. Tonight at 10 on Dateline NBC, a Keith Morrison special investigation real-life crimes and stories of real people in bad situations
1: Sarah Halliman's boyfriend was into drugs and getting mixed up with some gangbangers but one night he just didn't come
0: home there's this inappropriate intensity with a, with a weird little smiling twist that you bring to that character yeah. was that something that somebody brought to you or, or something that you, uh, uh, that you conceived of yourself
1: That was something, I I give my wife credit for that because I would watch those Dateline shows with her and then I would just laugh at how Keith Morrison was so kind of like folksy when you (laughs) talk about these horrible, horrible stories. And my wife was like, you should do that on the show. And I was like, yeah, you're right, I should do that on the show. I never thought about it. Well, people know who he is and, you know, and it's like, well, let's try it.
3: I looked for him for weeks and weeks. Finally, the police called me, and they they found his car.
1: And what did they find when they opened up the trunk of that car?
3: It was my boyfriend's body.
1: Oh, my. Was he all right?
3: No, uh,
0: he, he was dead. Oh, no. In the world of obscure or unusual for Saturday Night Live impressions... Uh, One of my favorites that you've brought out uh, recently a few times on Saturday Night Live is Alan Alda. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's hear uh, my guest, Bill Hader, doing Alan Alda, answering a teen helpline on a recent episode of Saturday Night Live.
1: Uh, Hey there, you're all at the Alan Alda. What's your your problem, kid?
2: Yeah, some dudes at my school want me to join a gang. I don't know what to do.
1: You know, that, 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 that is a pickle, you know. When they asked me to join the cast of M.A.S.H., I, I didn't know what to do, but I joined him. i has been cream cheese since then, yeah.
2: Okay, well, I'll join that gang then.
0: And hey, thanks for the advice, Alan Alda. Alan Alda is so specific in his manner. And I, you know, I got to say, I'm a huge Alan Alda fan. I think he's the greatest. Yeah, I love Alan Alda. But how, <laughs> what led you to think, like, I should spend a lot of time working hard to get Alan Alda right? Um,
1: you know, I was watching Crimes and Misdemeanors and and just loving his performance in that movie and then uh you do it to yourself and suddenly you go, "Oh wait, I think I could actually get this." You know, like that's not too far off. I think let me let me watch this again, you know, and you watch it again and you go, "Hey, you know, honey, who's this?" and you do it and you go, "Oh, is that Alan Alda?" <laughs> you know, and you're like, "Yeah, right." Uh and then I did it for John Mullaney and he laughed and was like, "That's good." We, uh, John and I wrote one thing. It didn't get it on on air, probably rightfully so. Uh, it was uh, when um, the William Shatner show came out. Stuff my dad says, or you know, whatever it is, and uh, and uh, and so we were like, oh, let's do, you know, another one like that. And it was Alan Alda in a show called My Roommates an F and Horse. <laughs> He's like, I got these horse in my yeah, my roommates a horse. It was just, it was so <laughs> weird. He would like come home with a date, and the horse had wrecked the because it's a horse it had kicked over everything and like you know pooped everywhere, and he's like, <laughs> oh, "This is what I get because my roommate's a effing horse," you know, I'd bleep it out every time, and uh, we just thought that you know it, it lent itself to certain things, but yeah, you know, like Lauren Michaels said to me before I did the first Vincent Price, he came up to me, goes, "I like this, but why now?" <laughs> and, uh, well, you said Vincent Price is in the news. Vincent Price is in the news. Yeah, it's like, why now is kind of my. Uh, you could, you could, a lot of the stuff I do on the show, it's like, why now? Why are we doing, why are we doing Alan Aldo? All of a sudden?
0: The sound of young America and MaximumFun.org are proud sponsors of the third annual Women in Comedy Festival in Boston, Massachusetts, March 9th through 13th. The third annual festival features Kristen Shaw performing in her hilarious sketch comedy duo with Kurt Brownholler. It also features close friend of MaximumFun.org, Jen Kirkman, past guest on both Jordan Jesse Go and The Sound of Young America, and the very funny Morgan Murphy. Shows take place all over Boston, and the goal is to create a place for people to experience the comedic expression of women, see strong female performers, and above all, be entertained. They book some really great comics. For more information on the festival and how to get tickets, you can visit womenincomedyfestival.com. That's www.womenincomedyfestival.com. Hey, it's me, Jesse, breaking into my own program for a little bit more of Max Fun Drive 2011. I hope you've been enjoying all of these amazing, very special guests that we've had on during the Pledge Drive. I have to give all the credit for the booking of these special guests to the young lady who is sitting across the console from me, Sound of Young America producer Julia Smith. Hi, Julia.
3: Hi, Jesse.
0: Let's talk a little bit about what people get uh, in addition to the satisfaction of knowing that they're contributing to the production of the podcast that they love if they donate to MaximumFun.org. First of all, anybody who donates gets this Max Fun kit that has all these digital goodies, including three short films with uh, riffs, one by Dave and Graham, one by the My Brother, My Brother, and Me guys, and one by me and Jordan, and special episodes of My Brother, My Brother, and Me, Jordan, Jesse, Go, Stop Podcasting Yourself, and Judge John Hodgman. So they get all of that stuff. At any donation level, but there and, and there are donation levels for anyone's ability. Um, but I want to focus on two right now. Uh, one is this ten dollars a month level, Joya,
3: which is the friend of the family.
0: Yeah, that's the one. Speaking of friends of the family, you're our friend of the family.
3: Oh, thanks. I feel like I am.
0: Where's my ten bucks?
3: <laughs> uh. Well. Uh... You know, I'm going to have to get an advance in my paycheck, I think, for that one.
0: (laughs) Fair enough, Julia. Fair enough. If somebody out there joins at the friend of the family level, what do they get?
3: Well, first of all, they get this super cool Max Fun Tote bag. And there's a couple different choices you can have on that one. Um, I know my personal favorite is the, you know, original rocket ship. but
0: The legendary Sound of Young America rocket to the stars.
3: Exactly. But there's something for every podcast listener, whichever one is your preference. Um, You know, the Stop Podcasting Yourself, the My Brother, My Brother and Me, or the Judge John Hodgman.
0: (laughs) It has a picture of Judge John Hodgman. Judge Hodgman, by the way, has insisted to us that uh, while the logo that will be on the bag does not feature a mustache, um, if you want to more accurately reflect Judge Hodgman's currently mustachioed state, you can use a Sharpie to draw in your own mustache. He does not consider it desecration of the logo.
3: That's Um, officially sanctioned.
0: The the level that I am like the most excited about in this pledge drive is Judge John Hodgman's post-apocalyptic justice squad Uh, which is the $35 a month level. This is something that Teresa dreamed up. And we've all essentially spent the last two months secretly scheming on what we could put in a nerd emergency kit.
3: Yeah, this is really, really exciting. I mean, I'm not not sure that I actually get to have one of these, but I might consider donating myself to get one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We've actually gotten... I'm not going to say which uh, MaximumFun.org personalities, but there has been discussion about whether MaximumFun.org personalities have to donate at this level to get this because they're so excited about it.
3: <laughs> well, I guess the thing that I'm most excited about is this super cool radio that Teresa found. I don't know where she found it, but um, the the self-powered AM, FM weather radio that has the USB power station and all this other stuff. I think that's pretty cool.
0: The Eton people, the Eton people sent us one of these radios and um I did not know whether it was actually going to be cool when we actually got it. I wondered if it was just a list of features that they were selling us. But when we got it, this thing is like really nice.
3: It's really nice. It's
0: really nice and really cool and the really neat thing about it is that Not only does it have a hand crank dynamo so you can crank it up to power it or uh, put it in the sun to power it with the solar panel, but it's got a little mini USB plug. So if you want to charge your phone or whatever else, you can use that hand crank and solar charger to charge anything that's got a USB drive. I mean, a USB port, excuse me. Look, there's a level for anybody, um, including levels that feature me and my wife, making you baked goods and FedExing them to you, uh, having dinner with the Maximum Fun crew, uh, even a free ticket to Max Fun con It's all online at MaximumFun.org slash donate. Here's the thing. The Maximum Fun Drive ends March 13th, so if you're going to do it, now is the time to do it. Online at MaximumFun.org slash donate pay my salary and Julia's salary and pay for these microphones and internet connections and all these things and and put some money into your favorite podcasters pockets. It's all online at MaximumFun.org slash donate. Do it now. It's the Sound of Young America. I'm Jesse Thorne. My guest on the show is uh, Bill Hader. In addition to his work in many of the best comedy films of the past five or ten years, he's also uh, been a cast member on Saturday Night Live. L- let's talk a little bit about something that makes you and John Mulaney, uh, the great stand-up comedian and, and Saturday Night Live uh, writer with whom you often work, laugh. Um, and God, does it make me laugh. Uh, this club kid character named Stefan, uh, who has become a fixture on on Saturday Night Live's Weekend Update, Let's hear a little bit of Stefan offering some uh, family vacation activity tips for New York City.
4: No, you're doing great. Okay. You're doing great. Mm-hmm. But I need you, you know, to, to help me out or at least meet yes. me halfway because Tiny. I need normal places. Yes. And specifically places where uh, families can great. go. So, really, you have the whole city Mm -hmm. to play with. New York City. Yes. (laughs) So, if you could just, you know, tell us some places that would be appropriate Appropriate. for, say, like, moms, dads, kids. And, you know, if there are any places for people like that. Yes. New York's hottest
2: club is Slash. (laughs) This place has everything. Glass, steam, bear traps, and just when you think the fun is over. Knock, knock. Who's there? It's Black George Washington. (laughs) All that and a party room filled with human bath mats. What is a human bath mat? It's that thing of when like midgets have dreadlocks and they lay face down on the floor.
0: So uh, how did the two of you come up with this with this character?
1: It's interesting. You know, it really was, you know, John had a friend of a friend who was trying to start a club and John's friend was saying, oh, this guy was saying, you know, like this place will have everything, you know, jacked old men, rooms full of broken glass, (laughs) you know, like all these weird, uh, things. And, um, and I think John, not in the way Stefan is, but I think John had, um, had been to a couple of these clubs, you know, or knew of them or knew the kind of lifestyle of people in them before, um, you know, I think, I guess a lot of them got shut down in the past couple of years. And so, uh, he was like peripherally, but definitely aware of it. And, and then I had this other character, this guy who was a barista in Chelsea and I would go to this coffee shop when I lived in Chelsea and, uh, And he waited on me, and that's the way he talked. And his hair was kind of like that, and he didn't cover his mouth or anything, or you know, he didn't have. But he, I think, he had an Ed Hardy shirt on sometimes. But he would, you know, say like, you
2: know, I live on the lower, lower east side,
1: you know, and stuff (laughs) like that. And
2: my God, my mom's staying with me, and I'm freaking out, and
1: like all this (laughs) stuff. And we, I would just kind of draw him out because I thought he was a funny guy. So I had that, and so when John was doing the, the list guy, I would do that guy, and then John was the guy who, smart enough to say, hey, we should maybe write that up.
0: This character has this weird kind of push-pull energy, constantly uh, constantly covering his face, but then saying things that are so outrageous that you're kind of confused as to whether they can even be said on television. Right,
1: yeah. But, and yeah, and I've never been able to get through a single one without breaking, which uh, is not, you know, bums me out. You know, if like you saw me after we did one, I usually get angry because i'm like gosh i got now everybody is expecting it like the crew and stuff so like the guy micing me up is going like you're not gonna get through this buddy you know what i mean or like uh and then and then what will happen is john mulaney will give me a line or he'll tell me stuff as i walk out there like hey i I I changed the club promoter to gay leota (laughs) And I'm like, well, you did what? <laughs> and, and so, or, or like the Christmas one, he was like, hey, number six in the 12 days of Christmas, I changed it to Puerto Screechins, Puerto Rican Screeches. <laughs> and I'm like, all right. And then I start laughing. And uh, that one, he did a really funny thing because I almost got through it at dress. I really did. The Christmas one, I almost got through the whole thing. I like kind of smiled at one point. That was the best I ever did without breaking. So I was like, hey, I'm going to get through this. And I think John was like, No, no, I don't want you to get through this. Because <laughs> we really do. It takes forever to write those. It really does, because it's just us making lists and and going like, Well does that make sense? Well is that funny? I don't know, that you know? And and so what we usually do is sit and just make a big list of things, especially whatever the human blank is, like human parking cones or human suitcase or whatever. Like the that thing always takes like hours. You know, and then what happens is usually then John goes off and actually writes it. And then on Saturday, uh, while we're blocking the show, he'll come to me and go, "Okay, well, here's the long version of Stefan. It's usually like twice as long as that. And then we kind of start cutting it and wouldn't lay down and might come up with a new joke here or there. We do realize that people don't like hard jokes in Stefan, which is interesting. Like, do you know what I mean? Like a thing that's like one, two, three doesn't work. It's usually, like, something like Porta or, like, Fujihauser MD or, like, <laughs> like, the weird kind of stuff is what an old turtle, an, a wise old turtle that looks like Quincy Jones is the one that really made me laugh. Or the narcoleptic club owner Snooze and Lucci. That was really funny. It's, like, all those things, like, th- those seem to be the things that really resonate with people
0: this is my favorite thing to laugh laugh at on television so w- let's hear a little bit more of my guest bill Hader, uh performing his character stefan on saturday night live
4: but but look buddy you know i'm kind of an old-fashioned guy you know mm. born and raised in new hampshire a glimpse into seth myers okay <laughs> and uh, i just wanted to i wanted to yeah okay and i just wanted to help folks you know folks yeah mm-hmm. folks you know, and I want them mm-hmm. to find some good old-fashioned Christmas cheer. Mmm, yes. <laughs> no, Stefan, can you help us with that? Yes, yes,
2: yes, 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 okay. yes, Okay. Yes, yes. If you're old or into fashion, I've got the place for you. New York's hottest holiday club is Blitzen. And right now, they're having their 12 Days of Christmas dance party. Well, 12 Days of Christmas. Now, see, that sounds nice. Because it has everything. 12 jacked albinos, 11 Little Richards, 10 piercer babies, 9 Asian Balkis 8 Gay Aladdins 7 Psycho Swearing 6 Porta Screechins Puerto Rican Screeches Of course Of course,
4: yeah, yeah We all knew that, we all do that
2: 5 Homeless Elmos oh, no. 4 Coked Up Frogs 3 French Hens Taylor Negron <laughs> And a Human Parking Cone so lay it on me, my man. What's your question? Uh, the right.
4: <laughs> question was, what's a, a human parking cone?
2: Yes, it's that thing of when two jacked midgets <laughs> paint themselves orange, and you have to parallel park between <laughs> them.
0: <laughs> hey, it's me, Jesse, and it's the Max Fund Drive 2011. You know, maximumfund.org has grown so much over the past few years. I feel so lucky to have the support of literally thousands of people out there in our listening audience, people who listened to our shows and decided they really care about them and decided they wanted to support them. And I want to thank each and every one of those people because of you. um, Gosh, you know, uh, I no longer live in a horrible, tiny apartment that people were scared to visit. Um. Uh. We have, <laughs> we have an editor who is much much better at working on the Sound of Young America than I am. Uh, we've got a producer who books our guests and has been doing an absolutely amazing job, and works on all of the cool other stuff that we do on the Sound of Young America besides just interviews, like the comedy pieces and the AV Club pieces and all that stuff. My wife was able to quit her stupid job as a lawyer to come work with us and work on meetups and community and all the stuff that makes MaximumFun.org really special, all because of the support of people like you. Now, if you're listening to this and you're feeling super proud because you're one of those people that is a supporter, just a thousand thank yous. And if you're not feeling that pride yet, don't worry, it's easy to feel it. Um, Just go to MaximumFun.org slash donate and make a gift. You can do it at any level. I mean, the real thing that we're getting over, I'm guessing, is not that you... Uh, You know, don't think that we're worth the money but more just that you've been putting it off or it seems like a little bit of a hassle or something all you have to do is sit down at your computer and take care of business it's maximumfund.org slash donate it's so easy, there's pledge levels for any means, and I mean that really like any means Um, you know, our, our lowest monthly pledge donation level is $2 a month and I think you can come up with that um, most people tell us at, at every single one of our levels that they, don't even, that they don't even notice the money coming out of their bank account um, It's really just about listening to these shows And getting that feeling like this is something that I'm part of This is something that I support We've got lots of big plans for the new year But we can only do it if you stand up and support us So um, if we want to keep growing We need our support base to keep growing And that's where you come in it's all really easy. It's all online at MaximumFun.org. And I really hope that you will do it right now. We've got tons of great thank you gifts. I mean, uh, this USB drive is totally amazing. The Look, I will literally cook you something. I will bake you blondies and FedEx them to you. Um, we're pretty much down to do whatever you want. But what we're asking from you is just a little bit of support. I'm lucky in that I give out my email address on the show, and so so I get these emails from people who talk about the way that the perspective of one of these people on The Sound of Young America changed their lives. Um, when we did that Mavis Staples interview a few weeks ago, I must have gotten dozens of emails from people who said that they, you know, burst out in tears when she started talking about... Um, and then in laughter when she started talking about um, her, her, her father and brother having to beat off that gas station attendant and then, uh, them getting sent to jail and recognized by their jailer and let loose. You know, I, I do this stuff because I care really passionate about, uh, passionately about it. I care passionately about every guest that we book on this show. Um, and I obviously care passionately about the show or I wouldn't have spent the last 10 years of my life doing it. And I think that you probably care passionately about it too. Um, I think that you can make a donation right now. It's maximumfundorg slash donate. And seriously, thank you very much. It's The Sound of Young America. I'm Jesse Thorne. My guest on the show is uh, Bill Hader. In addition to his work in many of the best comedy films of the past five or ten years, he's also uh, been a cast member on Saturday Night Live. So the last time you were on the show, Bill, was, uh, I guess, about four or five years ago now. Yeah, I think it was my first season on the show. Yeah, and um, in that time, you have appeared in a a solid 65% of the quality comedy films that have been released. (laughs) Oh, thanks. Um, And uh, often, sometimes in small parts and and often in sort of medium-sized supporting roles— um, I want to talk a little bit ab- about those um, you had a small part in Tropic Thunder which was a movie that had a million famous people in it um, you played opposite Tom Cruise and, and let's hear uh, let's hear a scene of uh, you guys interacting in the film let's face it. the kids
2: aren't dressing up I escort you for porn anymore Speedman is a dying star, a white dwarf heading for a black hole. That's physics. It's inevitable. We've been handed an incredible opportunity here, Peck. The universe
0: is talking to us
2: right now.
0: Tom Cruise has this quality to him um, that I think in part was was sent up in the film, which is this kind of... He has this sort of clear-eyed commitment... To everything that he says and does, uh, that is just stunning to see mm-hmm. on screen. Like, it's just, you just feel like he could walk off a cliff, but just keep walking because he didn't accept that there wasn't any ground underneath him. Yeah, don't
1: accept gravity. Yeah.
0: <laughs> what was it like to actually interact with him professionally, especially when he's doing something as ridiculous as his character Les Grossman in that movie?
1: Um, it was, yeah, he was great. He was really, uh, he was very collaborative and kind of like, oh, do you want to come in on this? Or maybe you say this and I'll say that. And, you know, but yeah, he's like a very committed guy. He's like, there's no, um, you know, he works incredibly hard, you know, especially like at those, those dances that he would do and, and, uh, he would have these long monologues in the movie. Um, kind of mostly directed towards Matthew McConaughey's character that, you know, um were really funny and also hard to get through, but he just was so focused and uh really focused on making it like a like a character, like a like a person. I mean he looks so crazy in it, but making him less grossman, like um uh a, a real force, you know. Like he played it very real. Like when you would get angry, you would get really angry. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, you know, he really, you know, yeah, he was just really committed to it. But working with him and hanging with him in between scenes and stuff, like the nicest guy on earth, it kind of helped that he was in that makeup and stuff. Cause for <laughs> me, after a while, you forgot, like, oh, it's Tom Cruise, you know? And then, like, at the end of the day, you'd be walking to the, you know, van or your car or whatever, and he would go, hey, Bill, great job today. And it was like, oh, my God, you're, it's Tom Cruise. <laughs> <You> <laughs> Who's know? this beautiful man talking to yeah, me? Yeah, I know. Oh, my God, you're like a movie star, you know? It's like, you know, you would... Uh, um, but, no, man, he was... And then we did this thing for the MTV Movie Awards where we did it again, you know? And and um, he was just great. He was uh, you just so... Uh, just, just really nice,
0: Billy. Really nice you're a you're a married man with a child. I, I am too. I, I'm I'm worried. I would be worried if I ever met Tom Cruise that I would accidentally kiss him or something. Yeah, right. When
1: he's dressed like Les Grossman, yeah, you you don't. Um, <laughs> no, uh, that is an interesting thing. Like that's the kind of guy is like you'll sit there and talk like between you know doing the movie and doing the mtv movie awards thing yeah like i had a you know a kid and 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 stuff like that and and he definitely was you know how's that going you know what i mean like just very um like legitimately interested in what was going on in your life and and uh and just very cool you know and telling me story you know about making the outsiders and you know what i mean like he'll sit and tell you stuff and it was really cool
0: I want to play a clip uh, from a movie that you made with uh, Greg Matola um, that I really loved. Um, this is you playing Bobby, one of the uh, park supervisors in uh, Adventureland, which was just a tremendous movie. Uh, you're talking to Jesse Eisenberg. Your wife is played by the brilliant uh, Kristen Wiig.
3: This is James, and he's uh, applying for a games job. Games! Oh, great. Uh, Good.
1: <laughs> Let's get you set up. Actually, Bobby, I prefer a rides job if it's still open. You look more like a games guy, plus I got at the games application. So, uh, okay. all right. Yeah, no, I- My name is Bobby. Okay, <laughs> rules. No freebies. No free turns for your friends. No free upgrades. No free food. So just nothing is free here. Uh, everybody has to pay for everything. And more importantly, uh, working in games... No one ever wins a giant panda.
3: We don't have that many left.
1: Cool.
2: Can you give me a t-shirt, please? Here, I have a resume. I don't know if you still want to take a look at it. Um, Uh, James, am I pronouncing that right?
1: James? James? (coughs) Okay, by accepting this t-shirt, you are...
0: Hired. Well, usually a...
1: More of a ceremonial thing.
0: I really love this movie. Tell me a little bit about... um, how you how you developed this uh relationship with the director that has carried you through uh that film super bad and and now paul
1: well greg and i met um i was familiar obviously with uh you know day trippers i thought was a great movie and and uh
0: that was his first film.
1: It was his first movie that he made and it, you know, with um, Hope Davis and Parker Posey and Leah Schreiber and all these people and it was just a really cool movie. And um and uh and I remember when Judd Apatow told me, you know, Hey, you know, we we wanted you to play this cop in this movie, and and I was like, "What? Yeah, I'm I'm in." And uh and uh and he said, uh, "And it's gonna be directed by Greg Matola And I was like, "Oh wow, Day Trippers." And and uh, he directed episodes Undeclared and stuff like that. So and he goes, "Yeah," and he lives in New York, so you guys can hang out. And so um, oddly enough, this is funny if, if uh, people are familiar with the sketch Laser Cats on SNL. <laughs> When I I was who reco- isn't familiar with laser cats? <laughs> yeah. Sigourney Weaver loves laser cats. Uh, when we were I was recording the opening VO for that like in a world in the future, you know, cats develop lasers in their mouth. You know, like when I was recording that, um, like I got done recording that, and then I got a phone call saying, "Hey, I'm Greg Matola, I'm going to be directing. I'm downstairs. You know, <laughs> you want to go grab a drink?" And I was like, Yeah. And they were like, You're leaving now? You know, Andy and them were like, We have more stuff. And I was like, I'm just I'll be right back like an hour. So I ran downstairs and we grabbed a quick drink around 30 Rock and just totally hit it off. Like loved all the same movies. We just talked movies for like four or five hours. And uh and then we started working on Superbad together and it was just he's just great. He's just he kinda like lets you do your thing and he only really, in bad. I think he only gave me, like, one real uh, uh, direction that I remember was the scene where we find McLovin, Christmas class, in bed with a girl after he's run away from us, and we, we come into this house party, and we find him in bed with, with this girl, and uh, I initially played it, like, for basically really big, like, for comedy, you know what I mean, like... I was like, how do I make this funny when I walk in and see him? And I was like, kind of did this big take. And, you know, what do you, why'd you run away from us? And, and, uh, and Greg was like, came over and was like, "Nah, Bill, like, he's your best friend and he bailed on you. You know, <laughs> he's like, you should play it real. <laughs> he's like, don't, don't, don't play it for laughs. Like play it real. And I was like, okay. And then I played it real and then I just heard everybody laughing really hard. Like everybody like Seth Rogen cracking up, you know what I mean? Everybody was like, oh, now it's funny, you know.
4: McLovin! Uh, ah! What the f Officer Slater, is that you? You ran away from us! Why'd you run away from us? Michael, get up here! No, 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 I didn't run away from you guys. I, Why would you do that? all disoriented from the crash. Were you violating kind of just... that girl? No! Back young girl! No. You just violated no. like her with your f- Michael! McLovin! No, 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 no. No?
0: Whoa! No. Bill Hader is my guest on The Sound of Young America. He's one of the stars of Saturday Night Live. He's also been featured in numerous films, most recently, Paul. Paul is a movie that's all about being a fan. Um, It's sort of about what happens if your fandom comes to life. And I know that you're a huge fan. I mean, you're, you're a comics guy. You're a movies guy um you're you're just a big consumer of culture and i also know that you had a baby not that long ago and i wonder how having a family and um being responsible for grown-up stuff and being 30 and that kind of thing uh has affected your life as a uh, as an arrested adolescent <laughs> um
1: not not too much i mean I mean, you know, our apartment doesn't look like, you know, a dorm room with, like, DVDs everywhere <laughs> and, like, a Clockwork Orange poster or something, you know what I mean? It's like, you know, we have, like, a house now, but uh, but um, not too much, really. I mean, I still watch movies, like, continuously. I don't get out to see movies as much. Um, you know, I'll catch something maybe during the week if— I have like a slow week at the show and then it's like, oh, maybe before I go into work, I'll go check something out at a theater. But no, I, you know, I have like a, a you know, big Blu-ray collection and, you know, and just got a book, you know, uh, a friend of mine just gave me a book on uh, Steve Ditko yesterday and I was <laughs> pouring, I was pouring over that, you know, and, you know, it's like, it doesn't, it doesn't really change, uh, it's just finding the, the time for it instead of – I mean, it's actually more healthier, I think, instead of the way it used to be where I would stay inside all day and go, <laughs> I'm going to watch every Roger Corman, Vincent Price, Edgar Allan Poe movie today, which, you know, isn't very healthy for you. <laughs> it's like you need – It's uh, yeah, you need to get out a little bit.
0: On the other hand, if it weren't for those pop culture binges, how would you find your next big character for Saturday Night Live? You're like Peter, right. Lo- your Peter Laurie impression. Yeah, right.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's like, I want to do a, uh, yeah, I want to do a Bucket of, I want to do a Dick Miller kind of character.
0: <laughs> well, Bill, I sure appreciate you taking the time to come back on The Sunday Young America. Oh, thanks for having me, man. Bill Hader is one of the stars of Saturday Night Live which you can find on your televisions uh, every Saturday night on the NBC network. Uh, he's also in uh, the wonderful film Paul. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed that Sound of Young America broadcast. It's Max Fun Drive time. You know what you've got to do. Fire up that browser, maximumfun.org/donate. Take care of business. Let's go. Production of The Sound of Young America is supported in part by Ask Metafilter. Thousands of life's little questions answered online at ask.metafilter.com.